All right, and we're on. This is Mind Wars. I'm Chris Ryan, and on today's show, we have Sandy Adams from Glastonbury in England, who has been researching and exposing the dangers of Agenda 21 for over 10 years now. She believes this is a manual of war against humanity that has been played out right under our nose for decades. And she is here today to tell us what exactly Agenda 21 really is. Sandy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Chris. No problem. So before I say we get, dive into this uh, very vast and complex uh, topic, um, just tell us a small bit about yourself and how you originally came across Agenda 21 yourself. Well, um, I, I was working in London, actually. I was a set designer in um, corporate live events and film and, and, and theatre. Um, and I, I did work for quite a few um, big corporate corporations like Google and uh, Microsoft and GlaxoSmithKline. And I, I wasn't enjoying working for them, to be honest. Um, there was something not quite right. I mean, I actually built, I met Bill Gates and worked, did a huge um, installation for him in London. And I met Eric Schmidt from Google. And um, I think GlaxoSmithKline was probably the most challenging because they were trying to penetrate the Ayurvedic market. And I, I just got a definite no in my compass, you know. And I decided to come down to, um, to live after the crash in 2008. I decided to leave London and come and live in the countryside in Somerset. And um, it was there really, I, I started looking into all the alternative stuff and seeing exactly what these corporations are doing. and. Agenda 21 came up into my radar and I started reading about it, but didn't really get too hooked on it, just was observing it and, and reading about it and really joining dots about how it's playing out. And then um, in, in 2014 um, in Somerset, we had this huge flood uh, where it was about um, 60, I can't remember, I think it was 65 square miles of Somerset was completely underwater. and. Um, uh, and I, I was down in, in this place called Boroughbridge working on something else at the time. And uh, it was obvious that the River Parrot was, was, um, was getting higher and higher and it burst its banks eventually. And the best thing to do was to, to muck in and start sandbagging. And that's what I did with the locals. And everything was run from the local pub and the village hall, really. There was no help from uh, the government at all at that stage. Um, and it ended up with um, an aid agency coming in from the Haiti earthquake, um, a lovely Sikh organization who were sandbagging all night and all day, but no government agencies at all, no, no Navy, no army, no, the, 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 I think the, the environment agency was terrified. They just scuttled away. And so we, we carried on sandbagging and it was obvious that um, it was, it was quite serious. And then all the, uh, uh, news agencies turned up during the day on the bridge, Sky News, BBC and all that, um, just watching the, the river rising and watching the operation going, going ahead. And there was a journalist down there that I got talking to and um, his name was Christopher Booker. He worked for the Telegraph. I think he was a freelance, um, a freelance uh, journalist, but he, I got chatting to him and I, I, I you know, we, we just kind of clicked. He's a quite an elderly gentleman at the time. And he, he said, this is Agenda 21. And I said, really? And, and he, he said, yeah, look at, look at, he told me to look at the Ramsar Treaty and the, um, uh, what was the other one? The, uh, the policy six of the Environment Agency. And, I, and he said, go away, do your homework and you'll find it's Agenda 21. And sure enough, 
I did. And, and, and really that whole area was designated by Baroness Young, um, via the Environment Agency. She was the head of the Environment Agency at the time in the 1990s. That area that flooded was designated to flood under UN Agenda 21 from the Ramsar Treaty that happened in 19, the 1970s. Uh, it, was, it was supposed to be a floodplain for uh, the preservation of uh, wild water birds and water, water um, conservation, water animals, you know, um, otters and, and wading birds. And yet I was watching deer floating down the river parrot and hedgerows underwater, huge loss of wildlife and diversity and biodiversity. And I thought, this is, this is ridiculous. This doesn't make sense. And it's only when I actually looked into it and I realised that Agenda 21 was really a, a land grab, um, uh, a huge operation uh, to, to, to take um, land and... and use it and and keep it for what they call biodiversity but actually get the people off the land and that's effectively what it did because there are farmers there who never their livestock never came back people lost their livelihoods people's houses are still they can't sell them you know it's it's been a real disaster for that area um and i got looking into agenda 21 and 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 i i looked you know i found out where it came from and the whole history of it and uh, if you'd like i can i can talk about it further um and you know it's it's quite a journey if you if you if you realize that agenda 21 it's 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 put out as this amazing uh this amazing way of 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 creating uh, an equitable world um and it's the complete opposite um, and it was it was thought about it was brought about at the Earth Summit in 1992 um, by and this is it you can you can get it on Amazon you can have a look at it um, and it was um, really it was brought about by uh, the United Nations in order to control just about everything on the planet. Now that sounds a big thing to say, but it's absolutely what it is. It, it's um, it's, it was a plan um, to control every resource, every mineral, every plant, every, every, everything, um, every means of production. Uh, and it, it really is, and, and they, they actually called it the, 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 the new way to re-engineer the whole of society. Now that was a big thing to say in 1992. It was the blueprint for the reorganization of, of, of society. Um, and it was brought about by a number of people, um, mostly billionaires. Um, there was Maurice Strong, was the at the time was the Secretary General of the United Nations, and he was the the grandfather of Agenda Twenty One. Now he's quite an interesting character. He he was a convicted criminal. In um, he 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 was convicted with Adnan Khashoggi with the arms arms for um, oil for food scandal in the nineteen nineties. Uh, and so he was, uh, he was exiled to China um, after he'd created the Earth Summit. But at the Earth Summit, he, he, he was, uh, his, his cohorts with, with this whole thing was Edmund de Rothschild and uh, David Rockefeller, all the big movers and The takers, usual suspects, big, yeah. Big, yeah, these big guys. Um, Barack Obama was very involved, uh, George Soros, of course. Uh, there are a number of people uh, in, involved with the planning and the execution of it. 
And it was a very clever plan because it was all based on um, this whole lie of CO2 and, and of, of global warming. Um, and the whole thing was really about getting people, and, and not only were the big movers and shakers at that meeting in, uh, in Rio, but there was also about, uh, there, were, there were a lot of um, NGOs and there was about 20,000 paid activists there as well, who were actually there to um, push the, the, the whole CO2 agenda, green activists. And the thing about Agenda 21 is it's a Trojan horse, you know, it's not a real green agenda. It is a fake green agenda, an astroturf agenda, if you like. It's not real. It purports to be. It says, oh, yeah, you know, we'll make it all a sort of green utopia. But this is not about this is nothing to do with creating a green utopia where everybody's, you know, going to be treated in this wonderful way where, you know, things are going to be great. It's it's actually a, a, all about control, as we're seeing with this pandemic. You know, it's not it's not a good thing. It's not about um, utopia. It's about dystopia. It's it's control. So. Um, the, so the Earth Summit was, was agreed and 179 countries signed up to Agenda 21 at the Earth Summit in 1992 uh, to save the planet, effectively. And they were really pushed into this by a lot of coercion and mind control about uh, the planet is dying. And this, all the stuff that we're hearing from Greta Thunberg now was going on then. And they even had the same kind of young girl. They had a, a young girl, I can't remember her name now, but she was, she was there pushing the agenda. Um, and and do, you sure believe, enough, uh, do you believe these 179 countries, as you say, some of them were sort of coerced and pushed into it. Do you believe uh, the majority of them didn't actually know what was going no. on and what the end game was? Uh, no, of course not. No, they didn't. They, they thought uh, that, that, you see, that it's, it was done very, very cleverly because Maurice Strong had paid the IPCC, which is the Intergovernmental, and the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. He had created that himself. Um, and they're paid scientists who are paid by the United Nations to actually push out you know, uh, whatever the United Nations want them to say. And of course, if he's saying, well, we've got all these scientists, now these scientists are paid to actually push out misinformation as ClimateGate in uh, 2009 um, proved. And I could go into that a little bit later. But um, the fact is that um, he created the IPCC and uh, most countries really thought that the planet was dying. You've got Al Gore with his inconvenient truth, with all his completely skewed data saying, but, but you know what they've done? I mean, prior to that, Al Gore, Maurice Strong, all the, the Rothschilds, everyone, they'd created the carbon credit banks before the Earth Summit. They've created the Chicago Climate Exchange with Obama. Uh, to make loads of money on the CO2 taxes. So this was all a, a scam to actually make money and to set up this green economy, which they're now threatening us with now. Of course, uh, so there's nothing got to do with saving the planet. And no, it's not about saving the planet at all. It's about making money out of us uh, and controlling us with the threat. And again, it's the fear-based threat. 
you know, we're getting it right now, again, with this virus. It's if you don't do this, this will happen. And this is what we're living with. We're living in a fear-based society, which is not a healthy society to be living in. And it started really at that point. I mean, to be honest, the, the whole uh, um, agenda has, has been around for much, much longer because it's also tied up with the technocracy movement of the 1930s. Now, the technocracy movement of the 1930s happened at a time very similar to now, where people were in a, a depression, a terrible depression, and uh, because the, the economy had crashed in the 1930s. And um, there was a, a bunch of political scientists and technocrats got together in Columbia University and decided to create a new form of economy and instead of having a price-based economy they wanted to create a, um, a carbon economy an energy economy um, and they worked very closely in Columbia University with IBM um, they shared a facility and the whole thing was to create this technocratic um, green economy but it was it was technocratic as well because it was all all linked up to algorithms and well in those days very simple ones but it was it was linked up to how do you how do you create a new economy using a price um getting rid of it, capitalism basically because they were fed up with that because it had caused this huge crash in the 1930s which is where we are now at the moment people there's a lot of people that want want communism right now because it's you know even that the united nations are talking about capitalism not capitalism um if you look on their their site i mean it's it's a nonsense you know it's a sort of rather bizarre communitarianism that we're dealing with now and uh, but it's interesting because that was all shelved um in the 1930s that all got shelved because of the the second world war but in 1971, Zbigniew Brzezinski, who again, Club of Rome, one of the big movers and shakers, he revived the technocracy movement and has brought it in incrementally. And it's all part of Agenda 21. So Zbigniew Brzezinski saw the value in creating this technocratic um, uh, green economy. And he's been the one bringing it in. And this is what Agenda 21 is all about. It's a Trojan horse and the, the, what happened really, and David Icke will, will support this because he was a Green Party member at the same time that I was a Green Party member. Um, and it got taken over because I was, well, I was more ecology party. And then it turned into the Green Party. And as soon as it turned into the Green Party, it changed. It suddenly became this beast with all these NGOs and it changed beyond, it, instead of being a grassroots uh, organization, it became a global operation. And that's when I moved out and I, I left the Green Party because I, and, and loads of my friends did at the time, said there's something wrong here. It's not, it's not right, it's, it's changed. It's a small screen. So the Green Party, yeah, the Green Party was hijacked to bring in the Trojan horse of Agenda 21. And that happened around 1990s, early 90s. And, and, and I was totally taken in by it at one point. I was a transition towner. You know, I was really into all this. And I, I suddenly, uh, you know, I, I went to see the inconvenient truth. I really believed that this was, this was something good. And then slowly but surely you do a 360 turn because you realize what really is going on. Um, so what happened was, you know, obviously at the, uh, prior to, to Agenda 21, now the history of it, is it comes in the form of um, the Club of Rome is instrumental in all this. The Club of Rome is a 
is a, um, a think tank for the United Nations. And if you look on Wikipedia, it just says it's a group of um, world leaders who have, uh, you know, an interest in world events and how it affects, you know, um, we the people and how, you know, they're, 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 they're very benign. It sounds it, lovely it, on the outside, yeah. <laughs> as a very benign organization yeah. but actually the club of rome is behind all these big things like the trilateral commission the you know the company of three three hundred all those uh, the cfr you know all these people um all these groups javos you know the world economic forum the club of rome is kind of behind all of these and, and it's the big you know if, if you actually could see the tentacles it's wrapped around everything now the club of rome in 1987, they produced this um, report, um, and actually prior to this, there was another one called um, Limits to Growth, which again was about um, trying to uh, stop uh, the global economy from growing. And Limits to Growth was actually published in the 1970s. But um, after that, in 1987, this was published. Now, this was published by um, Grohal and Brundtland, who worked with Maurice Strong at the United Nations. She at the time was the president of Norway. Um, and this really was a, a Marshall plan uh, in the same way that limits to growth was about um, not having a global economy that, that grows, that actually contracts. This one was about how they would bring that about. And the way that they did it, which I and thought that, was quite clever. That book clever, is called Our Common Future. It's called Our Common Future. Sorry. Yes, Our Common Future. And it was one of the, 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 the precursors. It was one of the Club of Rome reports to create Agenda 21. Um, and it really, it was a Marshall plan. It was a very clever plan to, um, to shift money from what they called the first world polluters, which is Europe and America, Australia, the, the first world countries, and shift the, the economy over to India and China, who were the, um, the, 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 the non-polluters who were poorer. And it sounded like a very worthy thing, but actually what it was to do was to actually create very cheap labor, to create the, um, the tech in order to bring what we're seeing now about. Because at the Earth Summit in, um, at the, um, the climate change the, the, the climate summit in 2015 where i think it was the one where um trump walked was it the one where trump walked out i can't remember um it was it was decided that um the that the, the the india and china could triple their emissions but uh, the rest of europe and america had to go down to zero carbon and that's when people said, well, hang on, why? Why, why would that happen? You know, why, why is India and China allowed to triple their emissions? They're the biggest polluters. Actually, the rest of, of the... Yeah, um, it doesn't make any sense. We, you know, it doesn't make any sense. And you, you realise then that, that, that the whole thing is, is a scam because they want to make as much money as they can and they've got cheap labour to create the tech. And um, India and China are booming as far as the economy their economies were going their their economies were bo booming by then um and uh, anyway it's it, it just became a, a bit of a nonsense but that's that's jumping forward from you know our common future the next one that, that happened was this one which is called the first global revolution um this is written by a chap called um uh, schneider 
and I think there's another name and his name Alexander King and Bertrand Schneider and they they wrote this and this was really to try and think of a way of creating a crisis a global crisis that would unite humanity together for the common good so uh, and, and in this on page 114 they actually say you know we could we, we there's various scenarios again they're thinking of scenarios and the same as event 201 they're thinking of scenarios now what what would be a scenario that would be so catastrophic that it would unite everyone on the planet in a common cause so that we could actually uh create some sort of um uh, order out of chaos or whatever they were trying to do and it was on page 114 of this it actually says you know we thought of famine we thought of earthquakes we thought of this that but we thought global warming would fit the bill so actually in there it actually, was the big trump character. They actually say global warming would fit the bill it's it's a perfect scenario and so this is how in this is in 1991 so in 1992 comes Agenda 21. So they've actually um, realized that, you know, they can actually hum unite everyone with this threat of global warming and, and everybody will adhere to it and go along with it in order to save the planet. So you give up all your rights, your freedoms, you give up your cars, you, you know, they want to get rid of flying. They want to get rid of all the things that, that you know, freedom of movement and create the smart cities. Now, interestingly enough after agenda 21 came this now this is really huge this is oh, i can hardly lift it this is the global biodiversity assessment and this was the action plan to put agenda 21 into action now this is where literally it's an inventory of everything on this planet and how to control it every or water or land all uh, animals, uh, human beings, and it's on in here. I think it's page nine nine three. They talk about the creating the human settlement zones, and um, now that's that was a shock to me to see it actually in writing, and and I'm I'm talking when did I when I can't remember when I bought this. This was after the Somerset levels flooding. I got hold of this um, from America and there's very few of these left because the the club the um the club of rome and uh the united nations tried to deny that this was ever printed um i heard because you can't get hold of copies of it now but it's got the whole plan laid out in there exactly how they're going to build this the the um settlements human settlement zones and it links up with the wildlands project they mentioned the wildlands project in there and i don't know if any of you have ever seen the wildlands map of america but that was a big big um uh i actually haven't got a picture of it here but that was a big thing in um uh you know that, that that really woke people up the wildlands project of america was this map of america and it was really in basically in two colors yellow and red um with just some little dots of gray and basically it, it's the whole plan for america was to rewild the whole of america um, and just have the human settlement zones which were the the, the, the rewilding area was only for federal um use and you just had these small areas that were for Indian reservations. They put the Indian reservations in a different place, but the human settlement zones were just a few dots on this big map. And that really scared people. They thought, well, how, how are they gonna achieve this? And 
to be honest, when I saw it, I thought that's probably a bit wild, a bit out there. But actually, it's happening. It's happening all over America um, with where they've got uh, these these they're building the, the smart cities and the zoning where you can't go between. There's corridors that you can't use because that's only for uh, federal use. And, you know, this is happening here. We've got smart cities here. We've got Bristol. It's a smart a flagship smart city of Europe. Um, we've got Birmingham, Manchester, Liverpool, London is huge, but smart city as we know, um, Sheffield, Milton Keynes, there's, there's probably about eight smart cities here and all the tech is going in now and it's all run on 5G and you know this is this is the future, the end game of Agenda 21 is to get everybody off the land into the smart cities so that the the land is only controlled by the government and the federal agencies and that is because they want the resources from that land um and they don't really want um you know normal farms i mean there's i i have a a, a document um on my website and uh, it's it's a government document about the future of farming and uh, I, it scared me it really scared me because really the whole idea is to get rid of small farms and to replace them, uh, get the, the uh, rewild the land, pay the farmers to rewild the land, stop the farming, and they're going to bring in these mega farms run on AI and um, 5G robotics and create insect biomass, you know, um, for replacement protein. And it's all just so, um, it's all panning out now you know um and i'm just I, you know i suppose in, in in a way i was hoping that you know to be honest before the pa the pandemic i thought the you know pandemic. we're winning this because you know yeah exactly we're winning this because um Greta Thunberg had lost a lot of support, you know, people were seeing through it. And I thought climate change just won't cut the mustard. They, they, you know, the very fact that people are questioning the very fact that it turned from global warming to climate change because it, it didn't warm and it's still not warming. In fact, we're in global cooling. Um, and, and she was just a little bit, people were beginning to see through her, the fact that she was funded by George Soros and the, the Rothschilds and even, even the, sh the boat that she was supposed to have sailed around, uh, you know, to America with, it was, um, it was actually called the Edmund de Rothschild, you know, uh, it was, it was sponsored by him, you know, things like that. And you realize that she was, she's all part of that, that machine, that propaganda machine. And she was losing it. She was losing support. And that's why she was getting so angry and all her handlers were getting her to be angry. And, um, I thought, Oh, you know, this is, and then this, this, you know, this virus turns up. And when you look into that, you realize that event 201 happened, you know, in the Johns Hopkins University in, um, in 2019. And that actually, again, they had a scenario of what would happen if we had a, you know, a zoonotic virus that started in, in, a, in some sort of wet market in Brazil or China or something. And then, then it, 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 it went right across the world and caused this huge pandemic. How would we handle it? Oh, yes, we'd have to get a vaccine and we'd have to get people to social distance and we'd have to do this. And it's all panning out. This is all a plan, you know? Um, so, and, and, and if you think about it, I mean, I, I was just really shocked because I had, you know, I had a business um, running in, in March. 
and um, it's a bar and music venue. And I was given five hours by Boris Johnson to close my business down. And it didn't open for four months. You know, it's virtually bankrupted so many businesses. And the thing is that three days prior to the shutdown, the lockdown, um, the Public Health England had downgraded this um, coronavirus, COVID-19, uh, as because it was not a highly infectious contagious disease. It was not an H HICD or whatever it's called. Um, and I, I thought, oh great, they, they, you know, they've downgraded it. It's not a highly contagious disease. And then literally within two days, Imperial College in their wisdom had come up with this uh, algorithm, this um, computer model that had said 500,000 people were gonna die. Well, who finances Imperial College? Bill and Melinda Gates. Yeah. You know, they're everywhere. They bought everybody off. And so you've got Neil Ferguson, who got it wrong with foot and mouth. He got it wrong with BSE. He still didn't get the sack. He's then suddenly telling us, well, 500,000 people are going to die. And Boris Johnson then completely loses it and tells everybody they've got to shut down. And then after that, he then says, oh, well, maybe it's 250 people, you know, 1,000 people are going to die. Oh, and then maybe 20,000. And then it went down to about 6,000, which is about seasonal flu, you know. And so we've been, and as, you, as everyone can see, we're, we're dancing to this ridiculous tune of mask wearing and, you know, and this is all to progress this agenda, to progress Agenda 21, to, because the end game is to reduce the population and to have us living in smart cities, surveilled, controlled, data harvested, um, and literally, uh, a drone race eventually to be merged with the machines with the AI now this isn't a, this is not a, a, a scenario that I really want for my children and grandchildren and nobody would but most people don't understand that this is where it's going and they think that this is a conspiracy theory it is not a conspiracy theory all the facts are there I've got a website called sandyadams.uk and all the history of Agenda 21 is there. The history of how it, it came about, what, um, you know, what, what, how it's been implemented from global to local. That was the whole idea. It was, it was implemented in the, at the Earth Summit in 1992. As a, it's almost like a, a business plan. It's a business plan, a global business plan to control everything everything on the planet from global to local so much so that agenda 21 policies are in every town council in the uk now it'll be it could be called something else it'll be called sustainable development it'll be called smart growth whatever you want to call it it they, they've changed the name so many times because so many people realized what it was but in most town councils it will be called sustainable development and it will be in in all the planning rules and, and everything within the locality. And you will find that there's um, citizens' assemblies being created. Now that is to stop you from having a say. It's to stop you from actually being able to go to your council and say, I don't, I don't like this, I'm not sure about this, you know, this isn't right. And there's various, uh, you know, at the moment where I live, because it, it is reclaimed land, 
under sea level rise they're trying to create this um thing called adapt uh, adapt 2020 which is adapting to flooding the levels again and you know this is happening again you know and that i went to a, a, a consultation day where a few farmers came out scratching their heads going oh that's depressing they're saying that our farms are going to be underwater well fight it you know and they're saying oh we're going to have a citizens assembly to just see how we can uh, adapt to it well a citizens assembly to adapt to it so they'll have tables of people and on each table will be a facilitator and a co-facilitator these are all agenda 21 trained people and this is how it works they will they will go around to the table and say well you know uh you know how how much uh, how much water can 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 we how much biodiversity do you want how many otters do you want in the waters around here and how many wading birds do you want because you know the thing is the sea level is rising so it's going to flood so we've got to really embrace all these lovely animals that are going to thrive but you might have to put your houses on stilts i mean they actually had plans for putting people putting their houses on stilts and it was all crazy you know what do you advise your farmers in the local area like that are completely unaware of a lot of this going on well you see, I, I did have a long chat with um, quite a few of them because the thing is that there is no such thing as sea level rise. And a lot of people will disagree with this, but um, there's, a, there's a scientist called Niels Axel Mourner who we worked very closely with because there's a town in Wales. The whole town is being evacuated due to sea level rise. And Niels Axel Mourner, he's, I think he's Swedish or Norwegian or something. Anyway, he came over and he said, there's no sea level rise. And, and the thing is, this is another hype. This is about, you know, Arctic ice melts making the sea levels rise. There is no sea level rise. I mean, years ago, I remember in the eighties, they said the Maldives would be underwater. Well, they're not. There's loads of things that pe you know, people have said that, and I'm, I'm not a scientist, but I, I know scientists and I know scientists who have gone into this. And Niels Axel Mourner is actually the, the world authority on, on sea level rise. And he said there's no sea level rise in this town in Wales, but the whole town is being evacuated under, um, under uh, the sustainable development. They said, you know, but, but actually it's, they want to turn it into a conservation area for, again, for, for wild birds and, they want to flood it, you know, and it, it's getting people off the land again, you know, um, and the same thing. And I, I'm setting up, you know, sort of consultations with farmers, trying to educate them into what is really happening around here, um, particularly with farming, the super, the, the mega farms. Are they going to uh, really just go along with what the government say and take subsidies to rewild their land and give up their farms? You know, are they going to submit their farms to to the to the um, to the agencies? You know, and it's it's very difficult because um, I did talk to one of these environmental agency guys at the, one of these consultations, and I said, you know, what do you suggest? There's people living here, and there's farms, there's working farms, there's businesses. What are they going to do when it floods? And they said, well, you know, they could um, relocate to higher level. Well, you know how and they they did have this ridiculous um diagram of, of of what to do with your house like put your television very high on the wall or your electrical goods up high so that if it does flood you 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 know you won't get so wet or, or you know building houses on stilts you know but this is a long-term thing this is ridiculous you know and they, they you know they could flood it 
overnight like they did with Borough Bridge, you know, it could happen at any time. So, and, and I did say to the guy from the Environment Agency, how much of this is really sea level rise and how much of it is you not dredging the reens, uh, chopping down the trees so they don't suck up the water, um, getting rid of the pumping stations on the levels, because that's what happened down the road in 2014. And he was, he agreed with me. He said, oh yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, it was all degraded and, and we didn't actually maintain it. And I said, well, how do you know that that is not the case with adapting to the Somerset levels? You're being told, you're being mentored into this. And they are, they're all completely brainwashed, all these environmental agency people. They're doing their job, they're getting paid but they're not really looking at it for what it is. They're just happy to get their wages and churn out what the government want them to say. It's crazy. Yeah, they're not connecting the dots and thinking for they're themselves. They're not connecting the dots at all, at all. How did you find actually, um, speaking to your local farmers, um, how did you find trying to get them on board without them kind of saying, uh, Sandy, that's a bit cracked. <laughs> that can't be true. I know, it's <laughs> difficult. There's a few that have really woken up and I'm, I've just, um, I've been working with um, uh, Julian Rose, who uh, runs the Hardwick Group, who is a farmer himself. He's an organic farmer. Um, and he's, uh, we've, we, he's cobbled together a leaflet, which I'm putting a little, a few other things into it because um, I'm just editing it at the moment to try and send it out to all farmers, to go to farmers markets, you know, the cattle markets and all that sort of thing. Because there is this whole thing also of getting rid of um, meat production and, and, and really pushing this veganism thing. And, you know, people have a choice. They can be vegetarians, they can be vegans, but the whole thing is we have to have choice. Correct. And if you don't have free will and choice, what is what is going on you know and the, we're being pushed down this vegan route into eating stuff that you don't know its origins and i don't want to get into the whole soylent green thing but replacement protein insect biomass you don't know what's in that and you know they say oh it's bugs and crickets and weirdly there was a television program the other day where prue leith you know the cook she was eating cricket mousse like a and it was it was all a big joke you know it was all let's try this pr replacement protein you know and she was eating it and i thought this is really uh predictive programming isn't it it's trying to get people normalized into eating crickets and bugs and stuff and quite honestly nobody really wants to eat that and there's no reason to i mean okay let's have fewer factory farms i agree with that I mean, most factory farming is horrible and particularly abroad. And this is how they're pushing the whole zoonotic disease thing, because abroad, you know, the, the factory farming is very, very unsavory. And they, they, they you know, they, they, there, there is a way that pathogens like um, uh, E. coli can get into the food chain because the, the animals aren't being looked after properly. But most farms in, in this area are small farms and they're very, you know, they're, they're, they work very well and some of them are organic. Um, but, you know, again, there is a big move at the moment for the government to bring in GMOs. And right this moment, there's a, a bill going through Parliament to amend the existing agricultural policy and bring in something called gene editing, which absolutely made my blood boil because if you amend a bill, it means that it's almost slipped in 
by the back door. So they know that they can't bring in a GMO bill because people would oppose it. What they're doing is they're amending one to, to bring in gene editing, which is actually GMO. And it, will, it can contaminate, contaminate you know, crops and, and, uh, and effectively get rid of organic. And there's a big move amongst the, um, the people like, uh, I think it's GM Freeze and a few other organizations to stop that. And we have to stop that because, you know, things are happening in our farming where we it, suddenly overnight it will change if we're not careful. If all these farmers are going to be happy giving up their land and rewilding it um, and, you know, the, the, they, they bring these mega farms in. And what's interesting about this um, document on my website is actually the it's called the Agricultural Working Group from the food and drink sector. It's on the agricultural section of my website. Do look at it. And it's a very long document, but it actually does talk about uh, insect, in, insect replacement biomass. Um, but it says that um, in the future, uh, farmers can't hand their farms down to their family. They have to, um, farms are mega farms and you have to go to agricultural college and tech you know sort of to learn the technocracy of the AI to run it so you'll have a whole new breed of farmers who will be technocratic farmers um, and the real farmers will not be able to uh, to to hand their farms to their children they won't even be able to farm they're being told you've got to rewild your land to save the planet again um, and a lot of farmers are buying into that. So I'm going to get this leaflet out. I'm going to put all the stuff about the agricultural working group into it. And also about the, you know, the zoonotic diseases, because, um, you know, the trouble is that the World Economic Forum are completely bought out by all of this and they are pushing the agenda and they want an economic crash, let's face it. Um, and what they're doing, here we are. <clears throat> This is the World Bank. They want to get rid of gross domestic product. You know, is our love affair with gross domestic product coming to an end? As the business landscape reinvents itself, demographics shift, inequality expands, climate change gets worse, and technology advances at breakneck speed, gross domestic product is struggling to stay relevant. In order to keep up with the changes wrought by the fourth industrial revolution, Many are arguing that we need to find a new measure to ass assess the health of our economies and more importantly, the people living in them. We are examining the past, present and future role of GDP and the new economic models that could replace it. Um, so how do you actually sustain a global population without GDP? And this is what they're saying, they, we get rid of GDP. Well, this is it. They say the World Bank and the IMF are being asked to throw away their rule books to save the world's imperiled developing economies. But when the pandemic passes, a fiscal reckoning in some form will be essential. After all, the bill for the pandemic will one day fall due and governments will need to be far more certain than they are today that businesses and individuals will be able to pay their fair share of tax. This will occur in a global governance environment. This is the World Economic Forum saying this. This will occur in a global 
governance environment that was already changing radically owing to the impact of digital technologies. So what they will do is they will crash the economy um, and bring in the new world, the new economic order, as they call it, the new Breton Woods, they're calling it, okay? And this is all about green taxes. This is about keeping us completely held over the barrel with green taxes. This is about uh, getting rid of every um, gas cooker, every gas boiler in the country, retrofitting our houses. So we have to actually pay up to 30,000 to get our houses up to eco standard. This is all part of Agenda 21 to asset strip the property from people. It's all about global communism. This is what it's about. And I hate to be absolutely frank. It's, a, it's, it's called communitarianism. It's a, um, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a form of communism, but it's, it's by consent. And that's what communitarianism is. Um, it's by consent and not a shot has been fired, but we will be asset stripped. And it's about getting rid of the economy as it is, getting rid of GDP, getting rid of businesses, the corporations will take over. Getting rid of businesses, this is all Agenda 21. It's about being able to have a very compliant global citizen. And you will be controlled by your blockchain wallet because but the other thing that they'll be doing is data harvesting. Now the new economy will be green taxes and impact investing. Now, if anybody wants to look into impact investing, there's a whole, it opens up a whole nother can of worms because it is all about being able to, um, the investors are investing in the perfect global citizens and their data, their data will, will create the perfect global citizen. Now you don't come up to scratch you don't become a perfect global citizen, they don't get their money. So what will they do? They'll sanction you. It's like the Chinese credit, social credit system. I was just going to say it, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's just, you know, the whole thing is opening up before our very eyes. And all this technology is there in place. You know, we've got, we've got the cashless society coming in on the back of this pandemic. You know, we've got people social distancing and that is helping with the surveillance you know the the the, the digital surveillance because as we know you know two meters you know is is and and the, the facial recognition all of that is playing out and we've got to really be aware that 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 we are being played like a like a like a, a stradivarius we, we're not we, we, you know, we're, we're being very compliant and it is a form of, of coercion and torture. I mean, the CIA know how to psychologically prepare people to be compliant and that's what's happening to us right now. Um, you know, the very fact of, of wearing masks when we know that the, 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 the virus, um, you know, deaths are, are now, if, if indeed, I mean, we know that they were manipulated, but the fact is that you know, it's like shutting the stable door once the, the horse has bolted. We're all being told now to wear masks in, in shopping and supermarkets and stuff. And we haven't for the last four months when it was actually, the, you know, the, the graphs were higher or supposedly. So this is all, this is all a, a way of 
it's all a form of, if you like, humiliation, queuing up in the rain to go into shops with masks on. It's a form of, of coercion, of beating us up. And, um, you know, the, the, the whole impact investing thing, I've been looking at um, a very wonderful woman in America called Alison McDowell, who's been looking at how uh, the, in, in America, they're putting in uh, the technology into schools, Google Classroom, which means that they can then distance learn and close the schools, not have teachers, but those children will be data harvested from cradle to grave um, uh, to create, again, the perfect global citizen. And there'll be investors investing in that, in that global citizen. So it's like harvesting our souls, you know? So uh, I'm just a bit, well, you know, if we can just wake up more people and better understand how Agenda 21 is really affecting um, us on a daily basis, not many people know what it is. You know, I, I, I've done my website so that you can actually just go on it and a five-year-old could understand the whole story of Agenda 21 and how it's, how it's come about and how we've actually ended up being in this position with this pandemic. Because at the moment, the BBC said yesterday, there will be no end to this that it won't be back to normal by Christmas. In fact, it may not be back to normal ever. Now that was really something to digest yesterday, that this is it, this is what is normal. And it can, it, it will, you know, the, the fact that they've been predictive programming us into knowing that there's going to be more waves. And um, the fact is that there's also this, whole zoonotic thing, which I've, I did rack my brains the other day and thinking, how, to, how will they get us into the smart cities? And, um, and of course, I didn't need to go further than the United Nations website, where they were talking about zoonotic diseases and how a zoonotic disease spreads from animals to humans and backwards. And it, it, it pathogens can be um, in plants and animals. And the countryside is a very dangerous place, you know, mm. human beings. And and how really they just they like then, a shortened event two hundred one. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's it really it, it relates straight back to two hundred one with oh yes, it was found in a bat, you know a, a wet market in in Wuhan. Well, actually, the CDC called that one out. They've never proved it. They have never proved that COVID-19 came from a bat market or a, a wet market in Wuhan or from a bat. They've never ever proved it. This is all conjecture. And in fact, none of it has ever been proved. There's not even any way of proving that there is a COVID-19 virus. There's nothing to prove any of this. It's just been the most extraordinary PR scam that's has ever been put on the whole of humanity. It's, um, it's a big lie. It's, the whole thing has been, um, it, 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 it's a monstrous um, exercise in compliance. I totally and, agree. And how far do you think the 2030 is a big year that keeps coming up the whole time? But as we speak, how far do you actually think we are into it? Because I mean, we, as we know, most of the population is asleep and they don't actually realize this is actually going on and has been going on for some time. I think the thing is that we are, we are pretty, I mean, I ought to explain to people as well, Agenda 21 turned into uh, Agenda 2030 in 2015. That sounds a bit. Um, 
um, what happened was Agenda 21 in its, in its um, form, it was the, the agenda for the 21st century. That was the one that was launched in the Earth Summit in 1992. And uh, in, 19, in 2015, it became uh, Agenda 2030. It then became the Agenda for 2030. We've got, you know, 15 years basically to turn the world around in this social engineering project. And they, they launched the 17 goals of Agenda 21, um, which are, um, which were eight goals in when it was Agenda 21. So, and it was all launched in, in Rome with the blessing of the Pope, literally making so the Pope the, the United States servant on earth. Yeah. Um, with President Obama. And what they did was they launched these 17 goals to be achieved by 2030. And the way they're achieving them is, is exactly what they're doing now, which is they, they say things like, well, we're going to end world poverty. Well, that means crashing the econo economy and making everybody poor, you know, so, so basically there's poverty for all, you know, we're going to stop hunger. Well, they'll bring in GMO, um, you know, Monsanto, that'll stop. You know, I see. I, I even you'll, have you'll the um, I even have the seventeen sustainable development goals in front of me. I mean, even just looking, at, I won't go through them all, but just even just looking at the first four, I mean, they sound brilliant on the offset. I mean, who would be against? Oh it? yeah, it sounds I mean, wonderful. I mean, you've number one, you've no poverty, sounds great. Number two, zero yeah. hunger. Number three is good health and well-being, and number four is quality education. I mean, sounds brilliant. Who would ever well, want to be against you know, that? The health is all about <laughs> vaccines, as we know, and the education is all about. Uh, data harvesting from cradle to grave distance learning uh, the whole thing is 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 a nightmare and it's uh, the trouble is that it's always presented as this amazing utopian dream in the same way as the green new deal is you know um but it's not a, a utopian dream it, it's, it's what's actually, behind the veil yeah it's it's something to it's just a, a sugar coated pill which is really a poison pill you know um and you know, a lot of people say, oh, you know, you just see the, the negativity and everything. What if it's really good? Well, you know, if you look at the history of it and how it's planning out, you know that these people who are creating this don't have our best interests at heart. It's all documented the in the blueprint. Yeah, that's it. You know, they, they, they don't care about us. They really don't. And I, what I'm noticing is that it's a very, you know, it's, a, it's not a human agenda. It's a very, very transhuman agenda, which is basically what the end game is. You know, not only do they want us living in smart cities, but they want to merge us with machines and create the transhuman, the perfect human. Elon um, Musk is working on that at the moment. Yes, I mean, this is it. We've got, we've got all these megalomaniacs like Bill Gates and Elon Musk. And, you know, the, these people have not, and you look at Zuckerberg, you know, these people don't seem to be human themselves. They don't seem to, there's something wrong. There's no humanity in any of this. And this is what I think I, you know, I end up praying as well, you know, at night because I don't know how we're going to see our way out of this. If, if people are going to comply and carry on and, and literally kind of walk into their own concentration camps, what are we to do? And this is what, you know, this is what you and I are here for today is to really push this and get people to understand that there will be no humanity. There will be no humanity if we don't actually fight this and fight it with all our hearts, you know?
Um, I don't know. Have you looked at Deagle.com? No, I haven't. Do you, do you know Deagle? Do I mean this? This is something that's. I mean, people say, "Oh, well, it, it you know, it it could be a hoax or something." But there's a website called Deagle.com. D-E-A-G. A, I think it's E-L, D-E-A-G-E-L.com. And it seems to be a military website and it tells you how many tanks and how many, uh, what kind of munitions to eat all the countries have got. But there's a part of it that is, as you, it's got a population button that you can click on. And someone pointed this out to me a long, long time ago when I was talking about Agenda 21 and depopulation. And if you click that deep, that you pop, you know, you go on the population bit. What they've done, this military website, they've um, forecast the the populations of the of every country in the world. And what's interesting about the United States and England is that you know the United States falls dramatically as well. It it gives you a forecast up to 2025. Now at the moment. The population in England is about 65 million, isn't it? It is, yeah, about 65. About plus, 65 yeah. million. Yeah. Well, in 2025, you look at the forecast of 2025, 14 million. 14. So, 14. Wow. So how do they come to that figure? And do you know, they can't answer that. They won't answer that. People have tried to get the answer. And it's the same in the States. It drops dramatically. And there's very few countries, there's a few countries where it doesn't change, there's a few countries where actually the population goes up. Places like Vietnam, Thailand, they seem to be okay, all those. But for some reason, the UK drops from 65 million to 14. Why? That's Why a does lot that in a five-year period. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, what what is there? Is you know, What's afoot, you know, really? So... I don't know. I I don't want to be a fear monger. Um, I just look at what what's there and just you know, people have to be aware because if you if you if you're for if you're forewarned you're forearmed and that's the only thing I can say is that we need to really form an army as they say. Yeah, we need to unite, and that's the the one yeah. thing that the one percent or the new world order doesn't want. It doesn't want that. And that's yeah. why we've had all this stuff with Black Lives Matter and, and the division. You know, we've had Brexit. We've had climate change. We've had, you know, uh, you know whether you're a, a, a murdering, you know, non-mask wearer or a mask wearer. Do you know what I mean? It's a, it's, people are going to start fighting. And I'm pretty sure this whole mask mandatory thing in the next few days is there to cause division because there's some people that are just not going to adhere to it. It's and coming in actually in, in uh, England tomorrow in the shops. Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah. And and the thing is that it will cause almighty division between people because there's a lot of people that are very fearful. They do think that if they don't wear a mask, they're going to die. And, you know, I noticed even today, I, I stopped at a farm shop and this woman said, stay two metres away, you know, and she had a mask on and she said, you should be wearing a mask. And I said, well, I will tomorrow because they... <laughs> they're making it mandatory but you know we're in the middle of the countryside and i'm not even in your shop yet <laughs> you know, exactly. i'm outside so yeah. it was just i don't know it's, it's a very very difficult thing because you know the trouble is the government have made a very good job of making people terrified and they you know it's it's another step up and i don't know if you saw the bill and melinda gates um 
video of them talking about the next wave. Did you see that? Yes. Where they yeah. smirk? Yeah. Now that yeah. sent chills down my spine because to me, that is, you know, after that, I started looking into various articles about diseases and of course it you know they've got bunny ebola at the moment in in um in parts of america and they've got uh, apparently the bubonic plague has popped up in china in the, a province of china and and you know when he said ah oh, the next thing that will get the attention and he smirked and i thought oh they both did and i thought this is a game to them you know exactly. it's some kind of horrible game where they will conjure up something and whether they really conjure it up, whether they really have something deadly, or whether they're just, they'll do the same and, and ramp something that isn't deadly up to be deadly, who knows? But, um, you know, the thought is that they won't conjure something up to be deadly because they have to keep control of it, and they won't if it's deadly. Um, exactly. Well, so Bill Gates has been talking about, I think it was his TED Talk back in 2016, and there's many, many occasions just after his uh, father, Bill Gates Sr., you know, eugenicist Maybe and stuff he's yeah. been talking about depopulation for a long long time and people wouldn't even believe yeah. me when i was talking about him i had to, I had to say look they're yeah. getting so bold now at everything that they're openly talking about and discussing about this and it's nothing new well they are i mean they are eugenicists i mean william gates worked for margaret sanger margaret sanger yes. with um uh, planned parenthood now she was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. she set, she set up eugenics clinics all over the deep south in america to try and, and stop black people from having children. I mean, she, she is, was, uh, you know, she, I've seen, I've got photographs of her, a Ku Klux Klan, is it Ku, Ku yeah. Klan, I can never K say it, K Ku Klux Klan yeah. meetings. <laughs> and she was a, a total racist, horrible, you know, sort of yeah, woman. Not a nice individual. And, 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 and you know, Bill Gates, father was, was all involved in all of that. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's in the family, you know, As I said, the apple don't fall too far from the tree. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you've got that whole eugenics movement uh, going on and it's interesting because that also goes right back to the club of Rome, um, people that have been members of the club of Rome, like Cecil Rhodes, all of those people who, who are involved in the, in the British eugenics movement and all of that is sort of Darwinian stuff. All of that is, is somehow part of it. And it runs, there's a thread that runs right through to present day where you've got all this playing out now. And it's a, an agenda that's been going on for centuries, centuries, you know, and we, we're, we're living with it now because we are literally at that stage where, you know, it's, um, it's, it's, it's Orwell and Huxley, you know, Julian, George Orwell and, and um, Aldous Huxley, you know, they were, well, Orwell was a student of Huxley, wasn't he? And Aldous Huxley's brother, Julian Huxley, was in, in the Club of Rome and he was also in the, um, he was in the United Nations. He was part of the education part, UNESCO. And he was really advocating this whole um, agenda to bring humanity under control. They didn't call it Agenda 21 then, but they, 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 were, they were still pushing it. The British eugenics movement, all of that lot. It was about always controlling the populations of the, of the world. Yeah, I say it's nothing new. It's it's been going on for a very, very long time. Oh, long, um, long, long. The only thing I can say is that um, a lot of people have spoken in the last couple of months with the lockdown. People now that wouldn't have been into this at all, or were just under normal day job, went home and stuff like that. 
now they're starting to wake up and question. They're not really sure what's going on, um, but they're actually yeah. starting to get curious and question things. And that's yeah. exactly what we're here for as well today is to make um, people that are totally unaware, people that are going around blue-pilled every day, for want of a better word, and now yeah. they need to take that red pill. And because, as you know yourself, once you've taken the red pill, pretty much, and uh, not in a literal sense, but there's no looking back. Just back. Lo- it's looking forward yeah. all the time, that's it. And um, no, it's great. You can't unknow what you know, yeah. Exactly, yeah, and that's absolutely. why the, the mainstream media are like little Rottweilers for the governments and uh, the government yeah. being controlled by the 1% overhead. And I mean, the list goes on to trace it back. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and through fear, that's how the population are pretty much being controlled. Um, yeah. if, if everybody in the morning just said, you know what, we're not doing this, we're not wearing masks, we're not social distance, what can you do? All of a sudden, those people in the dark suits, well, their power is stripped from them straight away. There's nothing they can yeah. do. They know that, and that's why they don't want us to, to unite. And that's why the, the common denominator in, be it the Black Lives Matter movement, the coronavirus, the few other ones you mentioned a while ago, the common denominator is uh, divide and conquer and uh, yeah. not, have, not have people unite. When people unite, we can be dangerous in the way of information we can gather and from each other. This, and that's what they're afraid of. Social distancing is keeping us all from meeting up and yes. talking about this, you see. And that's, that's another psychological operation, is keeping us all so distant so that we can't meet and we can't talk about it. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been, yeah, it's been a hard, hard old slog with, with some people because also, you know, it creates a lot of mental illness with people, you know, not being able to socially gather, you know, we're, we're very, very, you know, we're human beings. We like to have contact with each other. Of course. You know, we're not really meant to be distanced. Yeah. And I think you're right that, you know, the more that we can, there, there are people questioning it now. And I honestly, it's almost like, that tipping point you know like the hundredth monkey syndrome it's that tipping point that we need to get to where um people that are thinking there's something wrong but i can't put my finger on it you know and once they know the information and they can join the dots and that's what i hoped my website would do would be to join the dots for people between the different things um and you know knowing that agenda 21 was was put there really to create the smart cities, divide us and, and take us into the, divide us from nature. You know, human beings are meant to be living in symbiosis with nature. Nature nurtures us. It keeps us, it keeps us sane. It keeps us healthy. Uh, we should not be living in concrete jungles under surveillance. This no. is a monstrous idea made by monsters. The- the rollout of 5g at the moment as well while all this pandemic yeah. and stuff is going on and anybody mentions on any social media site about a uh, 5g censored and banned straight away i mean why is that yeah i mean there's loads yeah. of great people out there have proven dangers of 5g oh, yeah. and yeah. um they're shut down straight away yeah absolutely no it's um it's it is a monstrous agenda and it it just takes a bit of you know a bit of pushing all this information out and getting people to to just say no because all of this is is done with consent yes through our to people's compliance just don't comply anymore get on with your normal life and things can yeah. get okay again and that's it it's just about enough people being brave enough to say absolutely no no not not doing yeah. it you know it's it's like you know this whole contact tracing thing you know a lot of businesses you walk in and they'll they'll 
there's this one cafe in town where you you can't go in without this app contact tracing app and they take your temperature when they go in you know right. and, you, and i i just said no i'm not having a coffee in your place i'll go down the road where they don't do that you know <laughs> yeah, and yeah. and you know the whole thing about the details the contact details is that it's against the data protection act to do so it's actually against the law to take people's details but they don't because care. you know it's yeah so i i you know i won't do it in my place I've, I've said no i'm not taking people's details i put a few arrows on the floor and everybody ignores them <laughs> <laughs> rightly so it's, it's like the dehumanizing of society exactly you know yeah. so it's treating us like cattle isn't it you know you've got to go that way and then you've got a you know one-way system and this that and the other and and it is it's it's like it is dehumanizing us you're right it's taking away our will breaking our will to their will and this is this is what it is. It's um it's a it's a it's an exercise in compliance that we can't really, we should not be going along with. We've got to stand no. up. I think if uh, George Orwell was around today, I think he'd be wincing in his grave to see actually how far this stuff actually went. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He would. Although you know, sometimes I wonder whether they were all part of it. They were just sort of I don't know. But um, yeah, <laughs> well, the Huxleys were, so I don't know. I don't know about Orwell. Brave new world, know. yeah. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's it's certainly it's certainly accelerated. You know, from you know the from the nineteen nineties, it's it's gone at breakneck speed to this uh, horrible technocratic, you know, dystopian nightmare, really. And it's all fueled by 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 megalomaniacs, really. People like Elon Musk, you know. Yeah, with his neural. I thought, did you see Starlink go across? There was um, uh, he he was launching all these satellites going across the sky. Um, he's making a grid of satellite systems going right right round the Earth, and he was he was launching them, and they went across the West Country. And I thought it was um UFOs or something. I thought, what the hell is that? All these this whole string of lights going across the sky, hundreds of them. And it was only when I Googled it and I phoned up a friend and they said, oh, that's some Elon Musk Starlink going over. When was and this? he's creating this grid. You can see it on Google Earth, this grid of, of satellites that goes right around. And it goes against all the space junk, you know, laws, you know, all this stuff in the sky is totally against the space junk laws. You know, it shouldn't be there really. Um, and he's got he's got all that stuff going up there, and that is again to control the, the surveillance and the five G and everything else. And yet everyone's going, oh look at that! Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I know. <It's> not <laughs> the ignorance and innocence of it all. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. You know, we've we've just got to. Um, what I what I think what I'm worried about now is the is is this whole thing of new waves of it coming and 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 us never ever being free from this unless we really see it see it for what it is because they'll they'll just keep it going perpetuating it and they've said yeah. now that town councils have the um, now have more powers to shut down um their town you know and and even individual businesses if they think they're not complying properly i've seen that recently um, just coming in from the government yeah yeah and and you've got 
things like you know shutting whole areas down like Leicestershire it's interesting that was it, it was Leicestershire wasn't it they shut that and it's right in the center of, of England so you know that they can if they can shut the center of England down they could radiate and it could actually then be oh we'll, we'll shut the north down we'll shut the northeast down and then we'll shut the southeast down and the southwest down and take it in turns you know so that everybody's economies suffer because at the end of the day the world economic forum have already said they want it all to crash they don't want gdp they don't want business they want a green economy and that will be a non-price based economy it'll be it'll be a cashless society and all these carbon taxes that they want to i spoke to friends of mine for years about the dangers of a cashless society coming in and um, the more and more I talked about, the more they think you're just, you're cracked because the, the media constantly see putting, you know, use this credit card, use plastic, it's much better than cash. You don't want to be fumbling around with cash in your pocket because you might lose it and you can't get it back and it's non-traceable and so on and so on. So the more they, they go on about these, they say, oh, but it's convenient, Chris. I mean, why would you not want to use it? And uh, I says, trust me, I said, I said it years ago, you will pay for your convenience in time. I said, yeah. If cash circulates out of society, and they do the digital financial reset, which they're trying to be after here at the moment as well, part mm-hmm. of the so-called pandemic. Um, I said we're really in deep waters because they've total control. No matter what money you earn per year, you're on the database as a digital currency. And if they decide overnight, hey, Chris or Sandy, do you know what? Um, there's been a crash in the system. There's been an error in the network. You haven't been a good buy today. Just going back to the social credit system like China. And all of a sudden, the, the money you so hardly earned, you don't have it physical anymore. You can't barter like you used to in the old days. So you, you've no way to feed your own kids, your own family. Um, yeah. it's, it's crazy. And unfortunately, cash is getting less and less. And um, I'm trying to advise people all the time. I mean, I will just use cash no matter where I go. Um, and that's yeah. it. Simple as that. Um, yeah. and, and people say to me, but you're kind of, you know, what does it matter, Chris? Nobody knows you. What are you after? Why do you think they're tracing you? Or what? I said, it doesn't matter. I says, yes, I'm a nobody. I says, but at the end of the day, either I'm buying a bar of chocolate in the shop or putting petrol in the car, it doesn't matter. The fact is, it says, you're getting into good habits, it says, because of what's ahead, it says. So you're constantly yeah. using your car, stick to your cash, and it'll be a lot, lot better in time to come. And it'll be come a day when it's too late. I hope that day never comes. And then you look back and you say, Jesus, he was actually right. <laughs> Yeah, because you see, the, the minute the minute that there the minute there is no cash, they can control the money supply, yes. and and there's a lot to be said for for the black economy and and being able to be you know the people to be in charge of, of uh, you know the economy in some ways you know because at the end of the day um, you know that they they can just stop your rights and privileges and this is what will happen when when they, they bring in this whole blockchain thing, which is based on data. The data, our data is the new gold, it's the new currency, along with carbon credits and carbon taxing. It's been and, massive on the black market actually for a long time as well. Um, yeah, data yeah. selling constantly, yeah. And, and, and you know, if you, if you don't comply, then you know, you'll be cut off from those privileges. You won't be able to fly abroad or you might not be able to, um, to have access to food or money or, you know, or, or you know, your blockchain money. Um, because you, you know, this is what happens in China. They, they've got these people that, and it's almost like they become untouchables. You know, they have untouchables in India that don't have any rights or freedoms or anything. Um, and so that's what it creates. It creates this uh, system where unless you're the perfect global citizen, you know, this compliant, 
person who really wants to to uh, engage with all the technology and the transhumanism and everything else if you if you do that then you're fine but if you don't you'll be penalized and that's the problem exactly um, and i'd recommend people that if they haven't heard of the china social credit score system to actually check it out it is a real thing yeah. and um what's happening there is just sweeping across the west under our nose yeah yeah under under the under a, a you know a pandemic you know it's um it's very clever how it's been done it's ticked all the boxes you know yes it's very well orchestrated no convenience yeah, it's, i mean it's genius no coincidence, i should say yeah yeah genius the way that, that that it's been brought about and and the very fact this whole threat i mean i was i was looking the other day at um what was it it was the uh amnesty international's um definition of torture and um it literally this what what's happening to to you know the humanity right now ticks all the boxes of of the, the the definition of torture because you know there's there's some of it which is coercion there's some of it there's fear fear-based coercion right you know you if you don't do this this will happen and the very fact and humiliation which we've got and one of them was um the fear that nothing will go back to normal like you're being held captive and you'll never be able to go home that is how, how i feel at the moment that her, my whole idea of home this country has gone you know we'll never go back home you know we'll never go back to normal and that is a big threat in in torture is that things you you'll never go back to normal um if you don't comply with you know or comply to their will you know and and it is it's to break our will and to make us comply and you know the fact that our world has changed so dramatically and the threat of it going, I mean, they've eased it up a little bit, almost to give us this false sense of security of what we, you know, it's a new normal, it's not normal, but it's a little bit more normal than it was a few months ago. But unless you're good, and you wear those masks, it'll go back to being the way it was before. And there's, it's just, it's just manipulation the whole time, you know. That's all it is, it's kind of given us these small little increments of release. And then all of a sudden, whoa, yeah. need to reel you back in again all of a sudden. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's crazy. Um, and yeah, I just, um, you know, it's, it is, it's, um, it's a very, very, I know, I know it's causing a lot of depression with people. And, you know, I know that my family have, have you know, two, two of my, two of my family have suffered, you know, depression over it. But partly is because they don't understand what's going on and they don't even if i try and tell them they think it's a conspiracy so i don't talk about it anymore i thought well soon one day you'll understand but i'm i can't actually go there with my family and i just i just talk to other people <laughs> which is <laughs> sad unfortunately yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 one of one of my family gets it but the rest don't but i just that's the way it is you know and um, I don't know, do you find that people that you know, do they think you're crazy? Because a lot of people do. Um, yeah, and not as much on these recent couple of months. I've been saying yeah. lots of stuff for yeah. years and all of it. It was like, you could see they were taking it in, but started looking over my head at the same time, kind of going, all right, here he's off in some mad one again. And then like a year or so later, they'd ring me up and say, oh, do you remember that thing you said a year ago? Said, yeah, well, actually, yeah. it, it happened. Yeah. 
you know and yeah. I've, I've no magic ball or anything like that i said it's just called research 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 i constantly whatever's on the forefront i'll always peel a couple of layers back and look what's behind it follow the money trail see who's funding it the usual suspects hand in hand connect the dots again and boom there we are again but uh yeah. whatever's going on today is nothing new it's been linked as you say, you go back to Rockefellers, Rothschilds, I mean, there's a whole host of them there that's constantly. So trying to explain to people this situation and kind of go, well, it's not just today. You have to go into a massive history into all this originally where things actually accumulated from in the first place. But I do believe that, um, but from my own personal experience, um, there has been people ringing me more so in the last couple of months. Um, at the very beginning, like they were very cautious of it. And yeah. I smelt a rest right away. And I said, look, it's this, this and this. And they were like, oh, I don't know, but, you know, we better do this and we better do that because the government says so. And within maybe yeah. three, four, five weeks, I was talking to me in the phone and they started to ease up on things. And then they said, oh, this yeah. can't be real. Uh, and this can't be real, that can't be real. So I went on and all of a sudden they were tuning into a lot more stations and a lot more alternative sources that they never would have before because yeah. their, their busy lives stopped all of a sudden and they had more time in their hands. They were off work for maybe two, three, four months. So they sat down every day and kind of just delved a small bit into this bit by bit. Um, I said, I don't fully understand it, but thank God they're not jumping head over head over heels to basically, you know, we'll get this done, we get that vaccine. Yeah, no problem with that. They're starting to stand back a spit and say, mm, maybe it's not all it's actually made out to me. Maybe there is some sort of agenda or plan behind yeah. this. And it's actually maybe a conspiracy and not a conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. No, exactly. And I, I found that because um, I've been doing talks, what happened was I, I started doing uh, talks all over England uh, about Agenda 21. That's the only way I, I could, you know, sort of uh, at that time, you know, when I started about 10 years ago, I didn't think of doing podcasts or anything like that. So I started doing talks and I was talking at festivals um, in the Southwest about it. And I was being asked to talk in these funny tents, you know, that you have speaker tents. And, um, and I bumped into uh, Mark Windows, who runs a website called Windows on the World, and Piers Corbyn, they were, do they were doing it too. And I sort of teamed up with them and we, we started doing road shows all over England, you know, uh, right up until lockdown, actually. We went on, on the road for about two years, just every weekend going to different places all over, you know, all nice, over the nice, country. Yeah. It was quite fun. But, um, and, uh, you know, it, because, Piers used to do the whole climate change thing and debunking it with the climate gate scandal and everything like that. Um, and, you know, we'd, we'd, it just dovetailed together very well. And, um, and literally the, the last one we did um, was, was just before lockdown. And uh, so we haven't been out since, but what's good is that we've been developing, you know, sort of radio shows and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's been, it's been good to try and get the word out. And when I, because I was doing them in my locality, there was a lot of people, particularly the Extinction Rebellion lot, who were really angry every time I did a talk at the town hall here or, or, um, or in, in my place, because I've got a, a music venue. And, and it's really interesting now because a lot of people are coming up to me and saying, you know that talk you did? I thought you were mad, but you're not, are you? <laughs> I thought, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, they eventually see the light, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people that were saying, you know, a, a lot of my staff actually uh, thought I was absolutely batshit crazy. And then suddenly they're saying, oh, my God, I get it. I'm, the dots yeah. started to align, the penny started to fall. Yeah, <laughs> I know yeah. the feeling. <laughs> and how did you find 
going back a couple of years ago, the, you know, did you get a lot of abuse? Did just people just say that one is cracked? Did some people kind of agree? How, how was the the receptance basically from a lot of people overall? Pretty mixed or? It was mixed actually. There were a lot of people that turned up to the talks who were curious and who came up afterwards and said, oh my God, that's amazing. I'll, I'm going to go and do some research, you know, and I'd, I'd give them pointers of where to go for the research and then there were some people that would literally storm out and, and say that's a load of rubbish I thought you were going to talk about climate change you know <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah there were I mean it's a very mixed bag and and, it, and you didn't know whether you would get like 100 people in or or 10 you know and some places only maybe there'd be 10 or 20 people but it didn't matter because actually in some of those venues they're people that I've, I've, that I've kept in contact with and they formed amazing groups in their area. So it did, it, did, it did sort of go out and become a little bit viral, which was good because wherever you went, there would be maybe two or three people would, that would say, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna put this out in our local area. We're gonna research this and push it out. And we formed Facebook groups and I've got, there's a lovely band of them down in Sussex, you know, who, who are real warriors. They're really pushing it, pushing the information out, you know? And so it's been, it's been an interesting time, you know, it's been very interesting. Um, and I, I kind of slightly miss going out on the, you know, doing, doing the shows, but we're doing it, we're doing it online now. Um, and I'm sort of doing a few um, in America as well. So that's, that's kind of interesting because in America, they're seeing Agenda 21 in action far more because it started earlier there. Um, and there's more people in America that seem to know what it is. If you talk to most Joes on the street here, they don't, they've never heard of it. And you say sustainable development, and they, they kind of like, vaguely, you know, that, that kind of rings a bell. But yeah, no one really realizes how deep this has been infiltrated, you know, and it is a, it's a form of open infiltration that's happened over a number of years. And, uh, you know, it's kind of a psychological Tavistock Institute, you know, operation really. <laughs> and uh, what's the, the road ahead for Sandy? What does the next 12 months uh, hold for you? What's your plans and thoughts? My plans, well, I think the biggest thing for me is to set up my own platform to broadcast, which is you're brave enough to do it. And I've got to do that too. Um, because what I do is I get invited onto other people's shows and I do it and I'm getting, getting lots of people sharing my stuff that I do on other people's networks. But I've really got to get over my fear of techno technocratic stuff, <laughs> technology, Resistance, and get going. Yeah. And it's difficult because, you know, I'm an older person and I just, you know, I've been doing this for such a long time and it's really, I really should get on and do, do the, do the broadcasts and have my own platform. Um, you know, I've got my own face, you know, I've got a Facebook page, which is un Uncloaking Agenda 21. I've got my own Facebook page, which I only do tw Agenda 21 on it. I'm surprised that Borg has left it up for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I've got my website, which is growing. And yeah, that's sandyadams.uk. Um, and yeah, I, I really would like to do more and, and just try and get the word out all the time. That's it's key. It says, it's, it's not an individual thing, as I realize myself. It's, um, it's unity and growing as a team and like us connecting yeah. and, um, and others. And I say you've got people in Sussex and all people around the country in England alone, just uniting and banding together. It's the only way you're yeah. going to defeat these global yeah. tyrannists. 
and this is why I'm very thankful for you because you know all us all of us who have got this who understand what is going on we've really you know joined together and push it out and and really get people on board and I'm very grateful to to be able to talk to you tonight about it and you you will put it out you know none of this sure. is um, is anybody's you know it's, it, I'm not precious about it. if I, if people can just put out my work I'm just very happy for people to just yeah just put it out and 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 get it get it get the word out because it's so important because not many people understand what really is going on and where can people find you um people can find me on uh i'm just sandy adams facebook um or uncloaking agenda 21 that's another facebook page i set up in the early days to uh for people who just wanted to talk about agenda 21 um, and um, I've got my website, which is sandyadams.uk. Um, and that's it, really. Yeah, you can friend me on Facebook and I'll talk to you if you want to know anything else. Yeah. Brilliant, brilliant stuff, Sandy. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. I'll put all the links below in the description and um, hope to be in touch soon. Bless you. Thanks very much, Chris. It's been brilliant. Thank you. No problem at all. My pleasure. Take care.